Hey, I am Hanan. And I am Steluza. And you're listening to the Path to Resilience podcast. Here we connect you with global thought leaders. You can listen to their stories and learn from their experiences. We are both professional coaches who believe in change, the change that empowers and lifts others. We believe in being authentic. That's why we invite leaders who are comfortable with talking from the heart. We also believe in the power of the mind and how it can improve your health, your relationships, and your performance. Whether you want to make a positive change in your life or upgrade your vision, this is the place for you to be. Thank you for connecting. Hello, good morning, everyone. Good morning, Saluta. Good morning, Elona. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Elona. Good morning, Hanan. Yeah, so today we're going to talk about, uh, well, uh, I would, uh, uh, I'm just waiting a little bit for our audience to be, to join us. Well, uh, can you leave in the comments? Where are you from? And we are very excited to share this episode again with you today. So the subject today is the power of forgiveness. Uh, we already talked about the power of forgiveness, but today we would love to see it from different perspective. And I believe that we learn more and better when we repeat the same thing over and over and we see it from different perspectives. And today we have a special guest, Elona. Um, uh, she's a forgiveness coach. She's a notary. She's an army veteran. She's a self-published author and candidate fourth Washington state governor. Her goal in life is to unite communities and remove labels. And her hope is to be a voice in public service who advocates for veterans and unheard citizens. She's unstoppable at whatever she puts her mind to, to do. And she's a, a motivational speaker also. And she encourages people to be a promotion, not the emotion. What a mission, <laughs> what a mission, Elona. So tell us a little bit about you and how did you get into this path to inspire and empower others? Well, a little bit about myself. I am a fun-loving person. I enjoy, you know, happy people. And if I see people sad, it's not that I feel like it's my job to make them happy, but I know that I can bring that energy to bring, you know, turn the tides of whatever room I walk into. And I don't know that just because I'm saying that. I know that it's like one of those things where you go somewhere and somebody says, uh, everybody that you uh, um, talk to say that when, oh, I was, you walked in the room, you brought a different energy with you. So I know that I have a, a just a natural gift in that area without even trying. <laughs> but I I grew up moving around and my parents were not in the military. I was born in Florida, raised, lived a little in um, Bridgeport, Connecticut, and then we moved back to Florida and then we moved back to military. So I was like, I'm just all over the place. And people always say, were you raised in the military? No, I wasn't. <laughs> my, um, my mom, Mom was one of those. I think that she just wasn't satisfied with staying in one place. She, she just had to move around and go and try something new. And I think um, when I grew up, I saw that I was doing the same thing. And I realized that what my mom was really trying to do was trying to find her place of belonging. 
and that she really wasn't accepting who she was. Um, and I get a lot of my talents and gifts from my mom. It's just that, okay, this is my talent. This is my gift. So why am I thinking that that's not a talent or a gift? And whereas my mom, she has the same talent and gift. And now through me and me doing stuff, she said, oh, so that's my calling in life. <laughs> and and when a lot of times we feel like we have a purpose and don't realize that we're doing our purpose is because we haven't accepted who we are or loved ourselves for that because we feel like it's not enough. And um, so I grew up always feeling like I was never enough until I started writing my book, uh, which is called Purely Unadulterated Me, Open Me and Read Me. And in that book, as I wrote my journey, I was always angry and frustrated. I think of where I, um, it actually was my kids who brought me to that point of writing this book where um, an incident happened. It, it was a guy fixing my car and I was just out there yelling at him because he did something that I felt was avoidable and it frustrated me. So I was being mean and my kids started crying. It's like, uh, mom, you just took out of his love bucket. And I'm like, what love bucket are you talking about? I read this book, it, book about the love bucket. And whenever you're being nice to people, you're pouring into their love bucket and it keeps them full and fulfilled them, then you're taking from their love bucket and i say he was nice to you and he was pouring into your love bucket by fixing your car and now you're taking from him from his love bucket and that makes you a thief and I'm like, <laughs> oh my god so, so you know they're crying i'm crying because they it's just it's a good analogy yeah. wow and so it's just it's just from that day, I was like, I don't want my kids to ever feel the depression that I grew up with because I was depressed and suicidal in and out of the hospital for suicide and depression. And I'm like, I don't ever want them to feel this way. And I don't want them to ever be hurt because I'm taken from somebody's love bucket. So how do I fix that? So I um, go to start writing the book. And the way I started writing it, it was like, I'm going to write everything in my present that is... Um, triggers me, that frustrates me, or that I'm holding on to that I can't get over. And then I connected all five of my senses. Like, what am I feeling in all five of my senses about this situation or this trigger? And then I try to go and connect it to something in my, what in my past of my earliest childhood memory can I remember that can, that, that I immediately connect to? And when I start, then I start realizing that situation made me feel like I wasn't good enough, or that situation made me feel like I'm ugly, I'm stupid, or you know, all these negative things, whatever it brought me to. So then I started writing my future in the book, and I said, okay, from here on out, every time this type of situation had to feel this way, I'm going to create this affirmation, this affirmation I'm gonna say about myself when this trigger happens, I affirm that I am loved. I affirm that I am I am enough. I am good enough in this moment. I am equipped and I am resilient and I'm resourceful. You know, so I start writing those. And then every time those situations happen, it's like I'm doing those affirmations. So one day I realized I was no longer suicidal. I was no longer angry at people or I would respond differently because my perception had changed. Wow. 
Everything is about perception, really. Thank you for sharing the story. I mean, since we're talking today about forgiveness and people who are listening to us, they may be interested in knowing because sometimes it's make it's so difficult to forgive when we are hurt, when people are mean to us, when things were taken from us, when we were betrayed, when we when we are struggling it's very difficult so is there any like process as a forgiveness coach how do you help people forgive even in this difficult situations well i pretty much use that same model that i use for myself of i'll have a person sit there whatever it is that there that triggers them or if a, a situation just happened that day and they are so angry about them and they're about it and they're deeply, you know, want revenge or something, write down, beginning to end, as detailed as possible. And in your detailing, write down, oh, I, um, my heart was racing and I felt, felt like pin needles breaking through my skin. And it tastes like, uh, paste, smell like you know, like those different things, write down all five senses that you that moment and then take the moment to just breathe. And then you turn around and childhood memory or the closest memory to childhood that you can think of that has all five of those. It's something that comes up to in your adulthood because it might be something that happened in your adulthood that created that, you know, that pattern of thinking about the way you have and then once you get there then say why does that why did the moment make me um yes whether it's angry and because you have to give it a name so you have to know what it is that you address am i addressing anger am i addressing anxiety am i addressing fear and um a lot of things is you know like if i felt like i was a victim and a lot of people who feel like they're a victim, they feel like they didn't do enough to take up my fault Did I do. So you put those down. This is what that situation made me feel. Now, whenever the situation happened that I did nothing wrong, I am good enough. I, you know, like whatever it is, you're gonna write like the opposite statement of that. And mm -hmm. that now becomes your, something happens or even when something is about to happen, you pull that out and you read it and you say, it doesn't matter if it doesn't feel like it's doing anything at the moment on making the effort to say it and say it and remind yourself. Absolutely. Thank you for, for sharing this process with us. And uh, <clears throat> I think many of us um, could use going through that process. And that's a, actually a very new and interesting process to me, going back to the childhood and identifying the moment where the thing that triggered and tapping into those feelings, it's really interesting. Uh, there is another thing that um, you mentioned, which is using affirmations. And I think the three of us here, many people in our audience are fans of affirmations. And um, I also have some books that I publish with affirmations. I have set of affirmation cards. So this is a really powerful tool that uh, all of us can tap into and use to transform, to shift the way we're thinking, the, the way we're perceiving certain um, things that happen in our life. But there is something 
really interested that Hanani mentioned, and you mentioned before our uh, live in your bio that um, really got me thinking. And it is this um, thing that you're encouraging people to be a promotion and not an emotion. And I was wondering if you can share with us a bit more about what does that mean and where does this come from? Because I know you're encouraging people to do that, right? And I think yeah. it is really important for us to understand how we can detach ourselves yes. from your emotions, right? Yes. So um, be, and it can be anything, anybody can fill in the blank. So mine is be a promotion of forgiveness and not the emotion of a traumatic past. So I went through a whole series of trauma and just that for, for me, when I hear other people who are depressed and they've gone through those same things and they haven't gotten over, it's like, oh man, I could have been that, but instead I'm here advocating. And, you know, when I always used to hear, that, oh, when something happens to you, it's because for somebody else, it's because I'm able to advocate for other people who right now are still feeling stuck. And you know how they have that each one teach one. So I'm not going through what I'm going through just to see you and say, okay, well, I'm, I don't know why you're struggling. No, that's not what that. I made it out here. Maybe what I did can help you. I, I, you know, I'm willing to be. That's what a life coach is. I'm really here to be walk alongside you, not your therapist or nothing. But I'm here, walk alongside you to be your accountability. And um, one thing that I um, define because I used to hate when people say, "Oh, forgive," and and it's not about forgiving and forgetting. Or they say, oh, forgiveness is for you and not for the other person. I used to be so angry and I would, it would make me more mad because how? Nobody won't tell me how. And they said, oh, it's just because you don't want to um, get, you can't, you don't want to get over it. That's why you're not doing it. No, I just don't know how. And he's telling me how. Well, let me tell you, forgiveness is like this, let's say this paint on the wall. Paint is on this wall. I have to accept it is there because it is there. It's happened. I can't do anything about that. I can't go back and do anything. It's there. So I accept it. But acceptance does not mean approval. So I can approve or disapprove the paint. So if I don't like the paint or I hire a painter and I just that color, if I approve of it being there, then I do nothing. I leave it alone. So a lot of times in our lives, we disapprove of something, but approval signals and appointments. So if somebody's doing something to me, I don't care if it is a family member because they're the ones who can hurt us to us. If we disapprove of it, we set boundaries. We say, no, I will not allow you to take advantage of me. Oh, no, you cannot use everybody else's car. So no, you cannot use my car. There are these you know, boundaries. And if you take my car, I'm going to treat you like a stranger. If you take my car, there's these consequences. But we don't put consequences and boundaries with people that we know that are closest to us. And then when they do something that what we feel is our right, then we're mad at them and we're mad at ourselves because we feel like they've taken advantage of us and don't respect us. But the truth is we've allowed them to take them and set those clear boundaries for them to respect 
And then a lot of times we're afraid to set boundaries because unlike me, they're gonna, people are going to be mad at me. So what? It's your boundaries. It's your right. It's, and we respect each other in this community space. And I would not do something. I love you and I care about you and I'm in your close space. This is vice versa. If you respect and love me, you should not do these things. And people, when you feel like people are going to be mad, not that so much as they're going to get used to your boundaries just because it's not something they're accustomed with with you. Because people were, you know, kind of mad and iffy, but everybody came around and they know that's me. <laughs> Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. Um, one thing that interests me uh, and uh, Stabuta also is that we hear a lot of stories of, like you, of resilience. I mean, uh, you went uh, through a lot. Trauma, child abuse, bullying, addiction, family uh, uh, yeah. problems, a lot of things. And we always look at different mechanism of how people overcome these challenges. And this is how we keep also learning about others and also helping others, uh, helping ourselves to overcome our own challenges. I would love to know if you have like a mechanism uh, apart from the, the bucket, the love bucket and, the, and the, 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 the story that you shared earlier. Do you have like a mechanism uh, before getting into the forgiveness part or you, the forgiveness was your mechanism to overcome this, the, this, uh, these challenges? Um, before getting to the forgiveness part, like to the bucket, I really didn't have a mechanism. My whole thing, when I was going through situations, attempt to commit suicide. I was just at a point uh, when I was growing up, my doctor said that I was going to be on medication for the rest of my life, walking around as a zombie because they had me so drugged wow. up that they said there was no for me, no happiness, hope, because I was at the deepest depression that they couldn't even counsel me out of. And so for me, it was really pretty much just my kids, the whole, um, like I said, that whole perception change. And in my head, I didn't know that I was doing affirmations at the time because I hated affirmations. I felt like, oh, these affirmations don't work. I didn't do anything. In fact, I'm still extra angry. In fact, I don't even feel like seeing them. So, but I had other affirmations that I didn't realize that I was subconsciously doing, which was each day was like, I'm going to live for my kids. I'm going to make sure my kids never be this type of sad. I'm going to to do for my kid done for me. I'm going to advocate for them because nobody advocate for me and when I started actually living that life according to that without realizing those were affirmations and it was changing my perception at the time it started out for my kids so by the time it gets to my kids telling me about the love bucket it made an effect on me because I was already living my life for my kids to make sure that they never feel what I feel and so now when they're feeling this hurt because of something that I did I realized that I'm giving them the hurt and I'm making this happen. That has an effect 
for me to different affirmation. And at the time, I was doing an affirmation that I didn't even realize I was doing. <laughs> yeah, because the most challenging thing about information, affirmation is that the confusion between the conscious and the subconscious people, they say things, but they don't believe in them and they don't maintain that process until they get what they want and they give up. So yeah, yeah. It, it really requires a lot of persistence, consistency, uh, repetition, a lot of belief that things will change. And this is something challenging to many, many people. Yes. Yeah. I have a question for you because you mentioned that you realized from time to time that despite the fact that you were, you know, your kids were the ones who um, somehow were at the forefront of your transformation and the motivation for you going through the transformation. And yet sometimes you realize that you did things that had a negative impact on them. And I think all parents do that, right? If we have enough awareness, we can see when, you know, which are our own behaviors that affect in a negative way our kids. And when we realize that, at least that's what happens to me, I have a tendency to um, judge myself, to feel guilty, to feel shame. It's like, I didn't know. It takes me quite a while to be able to forgive myself. And I was wondering if, if you have a specific process of forgiving yourself, because sometimes I find that is way easier, though it's not easy at all, but it, it is for me easier to forgive other people than it is to forgive myself. So can you speak about self-forgiveness also, if you have a process or if you have something um, that can help people also transition these moments in which you feel guilty and ashamed and about your own behavior? Yeah, I believe, uh, Staluta, yes. if we don't do the, the process of self-forgiveness, we cannot forgive others. The people who maybe who, for, who manage to forgive themselves will be able to forgive others easily. Uh, and I don't know if it's right for everyone. This is just uh, my perspective. <laughs> maybe Elona can say something about it. Yeah. It was, um, like I said, kids. Uh, one, one time, um, like my kids, they would say their nightly prayers before I go to bed. And then I would have this little ending that I would put on and I would say, okay, well, God, also, if my kids, let me go to hell for them because they deserve to be in heaven, you know? And then one day, my, one night, my kids uh, prayed and said, God, don't let any of us go to hell. Let our mom go to hell heaven too you know and so they're like mom we don't want you to go to hell you can go to heaven too and it says so stop can you stop praying that because it makes us sad and it makes us scared you'd rather go to hell with so <laughs> it was like i started saying to myself like why am i condemning myself to hell because of you know my upbringing of it was always tell fire and brimstone that I didn't think that I was entitled to go to hell at this point that I was just you know unforgivable everything that I was has done gonna be good enough and so I had to start you know doing that same self-affirmation of when I would pray with them I would say 
that and me too put in the good word for me <laughs> and and it just started like just you start to subconsciously change and you don't even realize and you start to ex accept these things of um you know I, I do I am good enough even if I make a mistake and I and then I when I started because I would teach my kids don't see failure as failure see fail a small win and that's another notch on your belt another notch of how do wise people become wise they don't become wise because they never failed it's because they accepted that failure and they use that failure as a stepping stone so if you use it as a stepping stone in a learning experience, then there's nothing to feel ashamed about or bad about. It's like, be proud of. It's, a, it's like a little gold star award. Start <laughs> seeing those things as, oh, I got another gold star. <laughs> so. Thank you. That's a really interesting visual. And I think um, if we could keep that visual with us. And every time we manage to do something like that, you know, visualize that and trigger the dopamine in our system, it would be easier for us to keep on doing that. And you, <laughs> I'll keep the, the golden star to mind. And you know, like saying that and you say that actually kind of gave me an idea. Maybe I should start a gold star chart, <laughs> you know, like every time something happens, and then right experience was and so okay I learned this today and then put a gold star down there beside it and then you just see this whole gold star of experiences and you're not writing as a failure oh today I failed at such such oh today I learned drive over big puddles and not flood my engine <laughs> you know gold star <laughs> yeah after after many interviews so far and after listening to many stories like yours we started to see a pattern of people who struggled in the past and how they use that pain that struggle that challenge into something meaningful something big something that inspires them every day and give them sense of purpose and i can see that in your story uh, what you experienced in the past and what you are trying and the vision you are embracing today of uniting uh, communities and removing labels. Can you tell us how, what's your approach and how, how uh, what's the process? Well, we talked a lot about the process today. Uh, how do you, will you? <laughs> so what's your vision? Can you tell us more about it? Okay, so uh, like like you mentioned earlier that I was Washington State uh, governor in 2024. Well, in the meantime, my whole thing is to take that United Communities and Removing Label of is I'm, I've been hosting events and in the events, I know I knowingly bring people from different sides and Democrat. I have them in the room if it's Proud Boys and social justice i have them in a the room but i tell people don't talk about what your personal belief is when you come in here don't talk about your political party i want to come in we're just going to discuss issues and when we sit there and we discuss issues everybody's sitting there and agreeing and it's funny because then you'll see what you might have some republicans agreeing with this group of democrats and this group there's some who this group over here and then we all get to see that we're 
we're all just human. We all have the same issues. We're all faced with the same things out here that affects, affects us, whether it's taxes, homelessness, um, mental health. Those affect us. Those affect us despite what our, what our uh, religious belief it affects us all. We can all relate to that equally. So why can't we just focus on the issue and stop worrying about what somebody's personal, you know, personal right to their own choices are? So can we focus on that? So the more, because people aren't going to just naturally do it on their own or go up and say, oh, well, I just want to debunk this fear or this, this hatred I have towards you because based on social media, based on on what I was raised on to believe about you, to do that. But bring them in the room and tell them to put aside these other things. Don't even bring it up or mention it. Let's talk about this. Then once people start to become comfortable with each other and have that's a safe space, then they come to realize that whatever uh, stereotype they had of the other person does not even matter. So that's pretty much the um, my strategy <laughs> right great. now yeah well thank you for sharing Saluta, yeah. would you like to add anything yeah i was just wondering because we are at the top of our time if you can share any last advice with our audience um in regards to forgiveness because forgiveness and resilience because our show is mostly about resilience and forgiveness i think it's one of the we we can all agree on that uh it's one of the tools to become resilient right and keep moving forgiving and keep moving forward if you can share one last piece of advice with our audience in regards to um whatever topic um, you feel it's uh, worth advising people on. Yes. Um, what's stuck in? Don't, don't stop. Like if today you feel um, depressed or frustrated or feel hopeless, or you feel like I have so much on my plate, or I have this, my life is over. It's not over. So don't slice each day as if that, that situation didn't happen. And if it's things that you feel like um, you don't have time, enough time in a day to accomplish, or you, you can't even, uh, it looks impossible, something that you know that is positive and that's possible and make that happen. And if it's something that needs to be dealt with, then there, even if it doesn't come out all the way that you want it to, you next time something like that happens, you're going to be that much farther ahead as opposed to if you stop and didn't make efforts and didn't learn something along the way. Well, thank you for sharing. Thank you for uh, being uh, here, sharing your story of resilience and uh, all your mm -hmm. words of wisdom. Thank you to our audience. Thank you, Saluta. Thank you. Just before we go, where can people connect with you? Yes, they can connect me. My email is my name, Elona, E-L-O-N-A, Kearney, K-E-A-R-N-E-Y. I also have a um, love always, and you'll see a picture up there, picture up there of me. So those are the best. Those are the best with me. And I also have my governor's page, which is if you're in Washington State, 
it's peoplebeforeparty.com. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you, everyone, and see you next week. And then uh, uh, join us on uh, YouTube also, and don't forget to subscribe. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Elena. Thank you, Hanan. Thank you.